Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. My guest today is my new friend, Danny, who joins me from one of my favorite countries in the world in Ireland. And she is the founder of the Nomad Hub and Nomad Era, where she is bringing digital nomads from all around the world to the Emerald Isle. She's a seasoned digital nomad and event goer turned event creator and someone really well respected in the travel and remote work space. So really enjoyed getting to know her better. We had met a few times at some in-person events and now that she's creating some herself and really taking the lead on driving digital nomadism in Ireland and showcasing why it's an amazing country to move to for a short or long stint. I thought it'd be fun to get her on the show and dive into everything that she's doing. So really enjoyed this and I hope you all will as well. Please help me in welcoming Danny to About Abroad. <laughs> I've no, you know, I'm noticing a, a theme here with you, Danny, that um, you are you are like a conference junkie in the uh, in the remote work nomad world. I mean, I, I I see I kind of follow along your your journey here. And uh, we've the only places I've met you before are briefly at two remote work conferences. And um, and then you're bouncing around. You're in Bansko. You're I mean, you're all over the place at these things. So you've got a you've got a uh, I guess a, a love for these remote work conferences, huh? <laughs> I have, I definitely have a love for events. I do. What can I say? <laughs> yes, I enjoy them a lot. Uh, that's good. How how was the? Uh, so you just returned from Bansko, the Bansko Nomad Fest, correct? Is that is that uh, is that right? Yeah, that was um, about a month ago. I was at Bansko. I stayed for a little bit after the event because sometimes directly after the event, for those that get to stay, and Bansko is one of these hubs where if you stay for a bit longer, you there's like an actual entire additional nomad community that stays living there for periods of time. So um, the event was about 700 people at it, but after the event, there's at least about 100 that still stayed in town. So we still got to hang out network, socialize and do all sorts of things um, as a group and really, really bond and kind of learn more about each other. So Bansko is quite unique in that regard. Yeah, I absolutely adore going there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had you spent much time there before? I I would I would have spent like a, a few weeks at a time. Weeks at the most, yeah, for gotcha. the moment. Uh, it's, it's totally emerged as like a... Um... A hub, right? Like, especially in Europe, one of those places where digital nomads can go and hang out, and um, it's affordable, still beautiful surroundings, lots of you know like-minded people, um, and so it's it's really interesting to see this place like blowing up, and then the conference I think has just done huge things for for this part of the world. I mean, whereas it was maybe a place where like just this like core group of hardcore digital nomads knew about, it's becoming much more like. I don't know if mainstream is the right word, but a bit more on that spectrum, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, it's 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 certainly got its appeal. I mean, it's a beautiful town um, with like 
the, the mountain backdrop. So there's a lot of outdoorsy options for people. But the fact that you have a group of very entrepreneurial and uh, travel loving nomads that come and stay. And then if someone needs to set up a business funnel or a new website, there's someone in town that knows how to do it and you can meet them within five minutes, go for coffee within two, three days, you have this whole thing set up. So for me, it's incredible. It's like, it, it's definitely a thriving hub and there's so much, so much there. Yeah, it's really, really. Yeah, that's fantastic. I wish I could have made it. I still have not been and I'm, uh, I'm very eager to go visit. I'm considering like a winter escape kind of thing there like for the go and snowboard and just uh enjoy like the 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 alps outside of the alps right <laughs> yeah like and even in the because summertime some groups come and visit and stay but there are nomads that live there throughout the whole year like it's it's very much like an all year round so when it comes to like winter months it certainly gets also more, more touristy with people coming to ski or snowboard, but you still have the Nomad Hub happening and events all the time. So it's it's just, it's a really good place to come. You can spend your winter there, do the skiing, and then do the business and the Nomad socials outside of that. It's great. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, So I gather this from, from the little bit that we've talked so far. And like I mentioned before, I think we met first at running remote in Lisbon, I guess. And then we were in Ireland together at, um, at the grow remote conference, which was, which was excellent. Both were really, really great. Um, and a little bit that we got to talk at both of those prior to us getting here on the, on the uh, show together, I gathered that like, we're, we're both very, passionate about this idea that like you can have your location independence, you can work remotely, you can travel as much as you want, but all of that means very little without some form of community. And you can lose that community if you don't kind of intentionally create it. And I think that's what these events are doing for us. It's like, like really it's expediting that process or, or throwing like gasoline on the fire as far as like how you can bring people together and give them like real reasons to connect despite they might be from all around the world. They might be doing totally different work. They don't otherwise have anything that unites them, but this event brings them together and there's something really special about that. 100% definitely. I mean, for me, I, before going to Bansko this year, I knew who was going to be there. And a lot of these people are my friends that we, you know, we've met before. We have, we, we have very similar values. We lead very similar lifestyles. We have so much in common. And the fact that like last year, for example, there were 500 people at the event and you know that the majority there are of the same mindset and value the same types of things. It It's just incredible to be in that environment where you're surrounded by people like you and though we all go off and we travel in different directions or we have different bases or a combination of things, the reuniting with the community, even though sometimes we're connected from a distance, when we're together, it's so much more powerful and impactful and meaningful. Like, like I literally was, I could not wait to see some of the people because I'm like, they're going to be there. Yay. <laughs> you know, some as speakers, some as participants, others as whichever, but we're all there and we know that we go there for very similar reasons. So I, I really see the value in the events um, as a way of connecting the community, even though the community is kind of spread all around the world, technically. So, yeah. 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 It's important. Um, well, I love that you're at the forefront of this in a, in a lot of ways. Um, before I before we get to some of the things that you're organizing, 
Um, are there any others that you've been to recently or any other events? Like we've rattled off a few here already. Um, and I believe you've been to one or two more in the last few months. So I'm just kind of curious. So I'm, I mentioned this, I think it's important just because a lot of people that listen to the show are like kind of newbies to this world and they may not know that these events even exist. And, um, and so just knowing, kind of keeping them in the Rolodex of ideas for the future could be, could be helpful. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I feel pretty well informed with, with regards to some of the events that are on. I went to, in a, so since Lisbon running remote, which is amazing, of course, um, I've also gone to a new event that started this year called Remotion um, Fest. That was also held in Bulgaria and I attended that. I was actually a speaker at it. I was at that just before Bansko. So Remotion um, Fest is focused on remote work also but there's an element of kind of nomadic um no additional nomadism to it too um it's in a place called burgas which is a coastal location in bulgaria beautiful place and it was really really interesting because we had an entire beach sectioned off that was our basically private part of the beach for the whole event so we had the conference center next to the beach they had on-conference sessions on the beach and then the daytime kind of in the morning things in, in the conference building. And then there was so much all about the place itself, like the activities. They took us on a boat ride one of the days to, I'm not even sure where, but it was beautiful. <laughs> and they, there are so many elements to it that just made it even more appealing because it was so different. Um, so Remotion was great. Then I went to the mountains and stayed in Bansko for the other event. Um, since then, where else have I been? Well, I went to a Tony Robbins event, which is not necessarily for digital nomads, but that was great for personal and professional development as well. And yeah, well, we were at Grow Remote together in Portlaoise. The Tony Robbins event was in Birmingham. There was about 10,000 people at it. So that was, that was very powerful. Um, and actually some nomads were there. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Michelle Marie from Nomad Escape. We were we were um, there together and then a, a couple of others that I would know by name. But it's a whole other world as well in terms of like people leveling up in their entrepreneurial um, kind of ventures. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michelle was on the podcast just recently and um, shared her desire to go to one of the Toby, Tony Robbins uh, events. So I'm glad to hear she checked that off the list. So <laughs> that's fantastic. It's a small world, right? Like amongst the 10,000, you, you nomads find each other. Um, super cool. Uh, speaking of entrepreneurial journeys. Um, so like, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this question. Like I have no idea what you do, how you, uh, how you make this nomad life work. Um, I'm assuming you're not a trust fund baby and I'm assuming you do something, uh, to create that. And, uh, so I'd be curious to know a little bit about like what you, you know, what your professional background is, how you got to be, uh, living this life that I think a lot of people would, would find uh, pretty exciting bouncing around to all these nomad events, um, building one yourself, um, founding the nomad hub and nomad air. I think there's, there's a lot packed in there. So maybe just take us back a little bit, like tell us uh, a, a brief review of your story and then we'll we'll get into what you're doing these days okay so i'll take you back in time <laughs> um well my my background is in education largely so i've done a lot of teaching training uh teaching as a teacher but also 
training others to be teachers uh, or trainers, facilitating and things like that, which is also linked into sometimes I've also organized and hosted different types of events in the past. So as part of that, sometimes being a trainer or facilitator at an event, um, etc. So with regards to teaching, I've, I've taught for years, I've taught um, I've been teaching English for a long time. I've taught business. I've also been a yoga teacher. I'm still a yoga teacher, but maybe I don't teach as, as frequently nowadays because um, I've kind of shifted my attention to different things. I've done yoga retreats also. So um, with teaching, that's been one thing that's also opened up opportunities in terms of like having the option to teach from anywhere, but also to teach online. So I've done both. I've done a kind of a mix of things. And I have not I did not I'm not one of these people that started working online when the pandemic hit out of necessity and out of you know it's just things shifting globally. Uh, I'd been teaching and or working online from be- way before, and that's one thing. And then also when I when I travel, I like the option of getting something else that I do locally. So sometimes I have my own thing that I'm doing working online or working in person, and I like to get another job or at least get involved in some type of project locally. So I I also do that. And it adds to it. Sometimes it could be just a voluntary project that I'm involved in. Like when I lived in Costa Rica, before the pandemic, I was in Costa Rica. And there I decided to also work in a local bar for a little bit because it was a great way to get to know and meet the locals, to hang out with them. It was not out of necessity. It was out of desire to connect and expand my world and also got to practice my Spanish even more. Um, my, my Spanish is pretty good, but it was it was it was fun. So I was teaching online, I was dealing with people from different time zones. So my teaching hours were at really rare hours, you know, in, in terms of the Costa Rican time zone, but it still worked. And then then I would go to the bar and then I was also teaching yoga there. Um, sometimes in this beautiful wooden platform kind of mid jungle with monkeys in the background making funky noises and whatnot that was exciting and fun and different I really enjoyed that and then other times I was teaching yoga by the pool I do any of those or all of the those depending on where I'm at and then I've also done things related to digital marketing so I help with content creation sometimes so I still do that sometimes I take on extra gigs here and there depending on where I'm at um yeah so so that's kind of a, a bit of an overview of maybe some of my background. There's a lot more. I could talk for hours. I don't know how many hours you have. <laughs> um. It's a long form podcast. We got we've got plenty of time. Uh, <laughs> no, but I've so one. Let me ask one question real quick. Where were you in Costa Rica? I lived in Guanacaste. Do you know Costa Rica well? Okay. Not not super well, but um, I spent a couple months there at one point and um, and was mainly in Puerto Viejo. And there was an amazing yoga place that uh, just sounded exactly like what you were describing there. And I had never actually, I had like never really practiced yoga. Like maybe I had, but like I, in my mind, the first time I ever did yoga was in this incredible jungly environment with monkeys in the background, like overlooking the beach. And, um, and was like, my wife was telling me, she's like, this isn't normal. Like, don't get used to this, you know? <laughs> and I was like, okay, I could get into the yoga thing here. Um, but anyway, okay, you're like, so, why can't I make it normal? <laughs> yeah. Let's, this should be normal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, that's actually a good point because at the time we were just, that was like a little brief, uh, like workation, 
from our real life, quote unquote, back in the US and like, oh, we're going to go down there, work remotely, and then come back and get back to the real world. Um, and then, uh, so anyway, that's a, that's a interesting aside. And then, so would it be correct to call, like to say you're, do you freelance? Like, are you just, do you take on various projects or do you have like a, a full-time company that you work for? I've kind of done a mix. I mean, there's always been a little bit of something else. <laughs> so I'm trying to give a definitive answer, but it's never the same and it changes. And I usually have some other projects going on in the background or I've got multiple things going on. And even if I've had full-time roles, I was maybe teaching like private classes here and there um, or like doing like I did a business course where I was teaching business as like an, an academic program and that was part of a football and business program. So that was a whole other thing. I mean, literally, like I said, I could talk for hours. I worked for a um, one of the football clubs and I got involved with Premier League football teams and lots of different projects came out of that. And there were other opportunities that sort of showed up and I was like, oh, I have to make decisions. Do I stay in the world of football or do I exit this world or at least temporarily exit and do something else and come back to it later? Because my nomadic nature is like, yes, but you have to be able to be free to move. You can't stay at one place forever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I like the flexibility of being able to move, though. I like also having a base. So I kind of try and do a bit of both. And that works well for me and my personality. <laughs> you, know, um, you know what I'm hearing from you that I think is like so important for the for for people listening to hear is like you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into one thing, and you definitely don't have to like consider like we we tend to think of our lives and our careers as like very linear, like this like stepping stone process, climbing up this ladder in one single direction. And it's, it's genuinely or generally not like that. Like we, we go up and down that ladder. We go, we zigzag left and right. Uh, maybe not traditionally, maybe like our parents and grandparents didn't do that, but, but actually like more historically speaking, like going back, you know, hundreds of years and stuff like the word career is actually like a super new word in, in our language. And it's not something that we're actually like designed to do. We're supposed to do lots of different things, but for the last, you know, little bit of time and relatively we've been taught to believe like, Oh, you just have to go in this, choose this one thing, do it and commit to it for forever. And when you break that down and try, try doing a lot of different things or go bartend in Costa Rica or, uh, you know, go, go teach yoga classes or teach business classes or just, you, you have skills basically is the point. Like we all have skills that can be applied in a lot of different ways and it can be scary to, step outside of our box and try to use those skills in different ways. But when you do, it opens up a whole new world for you. And, and I think people breaking into the nomad world, coming from a more traditional world, will need to adapt to that mindset a bit. 100%. I, I think that's a really big and very important point that you just made. It, there's, a, there's, there's a big mindset shift, like staying open to different types of opportunities. And there are so many, like I could have chosen to, to stay within one particular way of doing things. And I can do that for periods of time. But then I also like the idea of trying something different and seeing how it works. Maybe it works for me and I can keep doing it. Maybe it doesn't and I'll change again. And I suppose being adaptable, being resourceful, um, allowing ourselves to stay creative really helps. So yeah, it, there's definitely a mindset shift 
but then we realize how many options and opportunities exist and also on top of that of course being a digital nomad uh the digital online like social media like as a way as a tool for people that's a whole other <laughs> conversation as well but yeah so there's a lot there <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, there's a lot you could unpack uh, for for sure. Well, yeah, thank you for sharing your story. I think it helps like set the set the stage because I'm super excited uh, to hear what you've got planned. And um, we got to talk about this for about a total of 45 seconds when we were together in Ireland. We were both being pulled in a lot of different directions. So I I legitimately know very little. Um, but since we uh, since we spoke, I know that you have uh, well, I know that you you have Nomad Hub and then you've launched this conference that's coming up. Um, and so I want you to, you know, expound upon the different entities here, what's happening and and let's see where it goes. Okay, great. Well, I was just getting ready to talk more about my travel stories. <laughs> I was like, can I tell you about camping, camping here and there? <laughs> okay, great. Cool. Because <laughs> I love those stories too. Okay, so Nomad Hub, right. So essentially, um, yeah, I'm setting up a digital nomad hub and community in Ireland. And the idea behind Nomad Hub and Nomad Era is to put Ireland on the map as a digital nomad destination. And there are a lot of things that Ireland, ha- Ireland has that I'd love to highlight and show various types of opportunities that exist here as well. And I know that a lot of nomads are drawn to specific types of places, then again, we're all different. None of us are the same. And we all have different needs, desires, preferences at different stages or phases of our lives. So like someone may want to go to a a sunny destination for a period of time. And I suppose for some of the kind of typical nomad hubs, one of the big ones would be Bali as well. Uh, Really appealing, beautiful. It's got its own thing going for it. And then there's other regions that have, and also we both mentioned Bansko. but in addition to those places, Ireland's different. It's definitely different. It's it's cooler in terms of the weather, at least. Um, but then it has other things that not other other places don't necessarily have. So apart from the fact that Irish people are extremely charming, <laughs> that there's <Indeed>. so much <laughs> there's so much charm in the country and a lot of genuineness and warmth. Like if you stay at an Irish um home like with a, an Irish family or like even in a and b like family owned B&B it's such a beautiful kind of cozy warm feeling throughout like getting your breakfast you know homemade breakfast and just being in, in the house that's you know in nature gorgeous kind of beautiful places to look at there's something very warming about it and for me in particular one of my big focuses is to bring more attention to regions of Ireland that are more rural, more remote. And of course, since the pandemic, there's been an overall movement um, and more people kind of moving to remote roles, sometimes out of necessity. Nowadays, it's not necessarily out of necessity, but by choice, uh, which is great. However, I also feel that there are certain areas where we could have a nomadic hub or multiple nomadic hubs where there's a physical base and a community and I suppose potentially a little bit of an Irish Bansko, if you like, maybe. <laughs> Sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit more of a long-term goal. I'm not quite there yet with, with the project. Um, where we're at now is we do meetups every week in Dublin. We have uh, different networking events that happen. So, so far, they've 
only happened in Dublin as well. And then the conference that's coming up at the end of August is going to be based in Tralee, in uh, County Kerry, which is, again, in brackets, I'm a little bit biased because I love Kerry, <laughs> close brackets. Um, Kerry, for me, Ker Kerry and Donegal are two of my favorite counties. And for anyone that's listening that's from Ireland, that's not from those, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, because they are gorgeous. Everywhere in Ireland has its kind of uniqueness and magic. And again, different things would appeal to different people. But Kerry is also, I suppose it's it's quite well known um, in, the, in the kind of, it's very touristy as well for a reason. Uh, there's the Ring of Kerry, which is beautiful. There's the entire Dingle Peninsula, which is gorgeous. There's a lot of kind of surfing, mountains for hiking and stuff. A ton of hiking opportunities. Uh, the the highest mountain in Ireland is in Kerry as well. And um, beaches, it's got its own cliffs. Like there's cliffs of Moher, but then there's also Kerry cliffs. Um, yeah, so, and again, the Irish vibe, going to, to the local pub and being able to greet you know, everyone that, that walks down the street because people are, in general, I think globally, people are friendlier in smaller towns or villages. There's just that bit more of that openness. But in Ireland, you definitely feel it, like sitting around around a fire, having music, you know, played live music and whatnot. And I think you experienced some of that when you were in Port Leash, when you came to the Grow Remote Summit and after the event as well. Um, you know, I, I think you kind of had a bit more of that vibe as well. But it's a very kind of homely feeling. And I can talk about more about what the, my goals and intentions are for the event itself. But the region itself is just, it's just beautiful. And I think I can foresee nomads coming and staying there, not for like a week or two, but like a few months and really being immersed in the culture, in the nature. And because Ireland's a small country, you could stay in one place and then see the entire country while you're living uh, in one place because you could you know drive and get around in two three hours to pretty much almost any part of the country so it's um yeah and then there's more <laughs> which which do you I want think, me which direction do you want a, me to go in <laughs> <laughs> we can go in a lot of different directions i mean if anybody that's listened to this show for a while is caught on to the fact that i have like a huge affinity for for ireland i spent a bunch of time there um six months at one point on one trip and months, uh, weeks and months and a few others. So it's a, it's a small country that I've fortunately been able to see a lot of. And I just, I love it for all the reasons that you did, that you just mentioned, um, the natural beauty, the coastline, the, the, you know, warm, friendly feel that you get, um, even in Dublin, like people, you know, even like the major city, like you, you just get a very friendly vibe. It feels so safe. Um, and then there's just, there's a, there's a ton to enjoy, but it's like the charisma of the, of the people, the pub scene, the, yeah, the music that plays, um, all the time. Uh, it's, uh, it, it, there's, there's a lot to love there. And, and I think something that, you know, the, the naysayer to this might say like, oh, but nomads like, uh, you know, cheaper locations that that's what original, that's part of what originally drew people to Southeast Asia and, you know, alongside the natural beauty and everything, it was also very affordable. But I think this is changing with the rise of remote work and the fact that you have people doing workations, um, for multiple months at a time you know, people are traveling with their families. Um, the average income of a, uh, nomad quote unquote nomad, depending on how you want to define that person, um, is, is up a lot from where it was before the pandemic. So I, I feel like that, that argument is sort of being nullified a little bit because you have so many more demographics of, 
uh, and income levels with um, with Nomad. So anyway, I, I agree with you. I also think it's like positioned so perfectly as a like it's not in the Shingen. Uh, so for people that want to like reset their Shingen visa, you know, you want to be in the Shingen for 90 days and then you can pop out to Ireland and spend 90 days in Ireland and then pop back into the Shingen. And, um, so the, and it's like, you know, Dublin's very well connected worldwide. Um, there's, there's so many little things that just say, yeah, this is a good place to go visit and, and spend some significant time there. And, uh, and so I think it's really wise what you're, what you're doing because it's positioned very perfectly. Thank you. <laughs> That's nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, well, actually, now you mentioned Dublin as well. I, I am based in Dublin currently. And Dublin as a city, it's a capital city, but it's, it's got, it doesn't have such a crazy big capital um, city vibe. It's got a more of a smaller capital slash town vibe sometimes, depending on where you're, where you're at. But it has so much in it in terms of things to do like if someone just wants to go out and explore and enjoy nightlife dublin has a great nightlife um restaurants cafes there's so much variety international cuisine and all that type of stuff you know like for example i had this conversation with someone recently um who had come um, to visit for a few days and i was saying like have you been to a comedy show they're really good comedy shows every single week that are extremely affordable like some of them that you enter and you pay by donation at the at the end of the evening. So you could actually, you know, sort of depending on your own budget, still go and see a lot of really good quality. And it's Irish humor, which I think is amazing. Uh, creme de la creme. I think it's one of the best. Um, again, biased, but what else? <laughs> what else? Um, so comedy nights, if you want live music, there is live music in Dublin every single night. So there's so much in terms of like things to do um cultural and also international kind of mix of things as well but i also think that outside of dublin you feel a bit more or a lot more the the energy and the culture of ireland and the i suppose more there's you definitely feel ireland more when you get out of dublin so it's easier for people to come to dublin there's different hub, hubs there's a ton of co-working places like literally a ton um and Dublin has a lot of those facilities and things like that. But I also see that like a smaller town, a smaller community that even where even more things could be created, more new businesses can be brought there, whether it's Nomad setting up, coming to Ireland and setting up their business here, because again, there are lots of opportunities there. Being a business owner in Ireland has its own perks. Uh, you know, why do a lot of these tech companies set up their headquarters and, and it's, it's a tech hub, you know, why are they here? for a very obvious, clear reason that there are benefits. So, yeah, it's very, very, very clear benefits. Uh, I mean, like, I, I don't think people, I don't think the average person knows that like, like Ireland is the headquarters for many international companies have set up their European headquarters in Ireland. Yeah. Like every, every big tech name you can think of, um, they're, they're there in, in Dublin, not in Paris or London or, or Barcelona or something, they're, they're there, not Berlin, you know, they're in Dublin, um, they're in Ireland. And, and the government's invested a lot in that. And also something that I learned, I don't know if you, you knew this, I'm sure already, but this was really interesting for me at the um, Grow Remote Summit in, in Ireland a few months ago. Like I got to sit in on some meetings with like government officials from all across the Irish government and European government who were talking about uh, the basically like the stellar investment that the Irish government has made in remote working 
in Ireland. Like you mentioned all the co-working hubs, like a lot of those are government sponsored. Um, and this is like revolutionary, you know, for, for people across the, uh, across the rest of the world. They're like, wow, really? Like the government has set up amazing co-working spaces for, and, and is funding projects so that remote workers are happy to be here. Um, so making that like comfortable and, and, you know, affordable and accessible is, is something the government's like very much so invested in, um, which is just like another reason why this makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, the entire kind of ecosystem of, of entrepreneurship and startups and, you know, people setting up their own business, besides the fact that things can be done in English, which makes it easier for, you know, people from where, regardless of where they're from. Um, but also there are different types of support available. So like as a business owner in Ireland, there are options to, you know, get mentorship, uh, funding, there are tons of different types of sources of funding. And if people are doing something specific, uh, also, of course, it depends on what, what it's for, what it's about, how, how, how they're setting up their business models and whatnot. But the opportunities exist. And there's a clear pathway to follow. There's there are processes. Um, I'm involved in a lot of um, kind of women in tech and female founder groups, and some of some other conversations are coming up uh, in the n- next few days. Actually, uh, one tomorrow, <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, related to some of these topics. But there is a lot more also to encourage more women to to get um, you know into the world of business, setting up their own, and 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 kind of encouraging women as leaders. There's a whole lot going on there and then you mentioned remote and the government supporting it yes definitely different county councils i've i've been contacted by a few different groups and councils some i have reached out to for specific things and others have actually reached out to me because they can see that there is potential there there are things that can be created to me it's important um how things are set up and created that it's done in a in a way where it's um looking at sustainability that there is structure and, you know, I suppose run with good intentions. But the other thing that I just wanted to add before I get pulled in a different direction, because there's so much to talk about, um, there's a national scheme, a, a campaign that was started not too long ago called Our Living Islands. And this is where the Irish government is essentially encouraging, uh, looking at ways to get people to move to some of the islands off the coast of Ireland. They're more remote. Um, most of them are at the we- on the west coast of Ireland and either where people get to renovate uh, properties that are old or abandoned or whatnot or purchase and move and set up there, set up business or whatnot, actually literally physically move people towards some of these remote places. So rural development and supporting some of these communities is definitely driven by the government as well. So um there's a lot there. There really is. And some of the others that I've spoken to and potential investors interested in some of these conversations that have been happening, um, they can also see that it makes sense for a lot of reasons, you know, not just the beauty of the country and the quick and easy access by with Ryanair, you know, you're, you know, in, in the rest of Europe in like an hour or two. Um there's, there's so much to it from an entrepreneurial perspective, from a beautiful environment and adorable people. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Ireland's got yeah, a lot going yeah. for sure. You, you have my vote uh, for sure.
We'll be right back to the show after a quick break for a note from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you in partnership with my friends over at Kona. Those of you that have been listening to the show for a long time know that I am a huge fan of the remote work movement. However, I also recognize it comes with some challenges. One of those challenges that plagues many remote teams is employee burnout or employee dissatisfaction with their jobs. This is really hard to monitor as a leader when your teammates are not sitting face to face with you in an office anymore. But that's what Kona was built to tackle and they've done a phenomenal job. The co-founders over there are friends and people who have truly built something to help people and help remote workers more specifically. So I love what they're doing. It makes a huge impact for their customers and I'm excited to partner with them here. You can find out more and get 15% off your team subscription by going to the link in the show notes and using the code CHASE at checkout. Feel free to ask me any questions. I highly recommend this product and am excited to hear what the About Abroad community thinks. Check out the link in the show notes and use the code CHASE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. If you've made it this far into the episode and you're still enjoying yourself, then I would love to ask a quick favor. Open up the app that you're using to listen to this podcast and leave a quick review. You can do this in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and really just about any platform that allows podcast listening now. If you can't find that in the interface of the app, then scroll down in the show notes and find ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, and you should be able to leave it from there. Thanks so much, guys. We really appreciate it and hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Let's talk a little bit about the conference itself that you're that you're hosting. Because um, first of all, it's called Nomad Air, and the average listener may not know what Air means, so we can we can explain that. And then um, and then like just talk a little bit about you know the the goals, the agenda, who's going to be there, and um, and we'll, we'll, obviously we will also place a link to the website in the show notes along with some other details. Um, so for those of you listening and saying like I need more, we'll have that for you. Don't worry. <laughs> Fabulous. Okay. So Nomad Era. Era means Ireland in Irish or in Gaelic. So it's essentially Nomad Ireland. And it's it's all about the nomadic life slash lifestyle in Ireland. And the idea behind the conference as well is to show to people living in Ireland, Irish or other non-Irish but residents here, um, what what possibilities and opportunities exist in the world of nomadism. So either in Ireland or abroad as well, because I've connected so many digital nomad communities and hubs and business owners, um, entrepreneurs, like half of my friends are very, very nomadic, but there are so many, like it's a huge network. It's a world of its own really. And it's to show to those who are kind of at a point in their lives, essentially, trying to figure out what to do next or maybe they want to go more towards remote but they don't know how to get a remote job or um, maybe they're working remotely but they're wondering how they could still manage to come to work and do what they need to do and from time to time travel a little bit more um, maybe from a you know perspective of how can I afford it or where can I go where is it safe to go where do I get a community to, to you know connect with a lot of that information will be very easily available at the conference. So it's for Irish people looking at different ways and different opportunities, or maybe they want to set up a business. What are my options? How do I even grow an online business? The people who will be at it, uh, speakers, etc., they have been running their own businesses for quite some time. They can technically talk you through the steps of how they've done it and how it's possible. And then for other nomads who are coming from other countries, one of the big focuses as well is to, sh- to show Ireland so they can get to see a little bit more of at least County Kerry, if not more, and they can come back for more next year. Um, so I guess I'll maybe break down the agenda a little bit 
so that that will elaborate more on on the details. So therefore, it's a four day event. First day theme is all about the nomad lifestyle and factors and elements involved in that. So like what you need to know with regards accommodation, maybe taxes or visas um, related factual information, but also hearing stories of other nomads who've been there and who've done it many times and have lived and traveled across the world for a long time. So they really have a lot of experience as such. Um, so that day is really focusing on the lifestyle. The second day is skill sharing and looking at more practical, specific sh skills that are either needed or those that are uh, speakers sharing and teaching different skills. Um, very much focused on sharing skills and then day three is community actually on day three we're going to go and visit some local projects physically and um i won't disclose too many details about this but we we will get the delegates to participate in some of the projects and uh, programs locally and then day four we're visiting a business hub so there's the, the business entrepreneurial element this is one of the big hubs in the region that can showcase tell teach you know, uh, individuals interested in business specifically, uh, different opportunities and there are also in particular in Ireland, what's possible, where to get funding, where to apply for funding, where to uh, get access to like a co-working space. They have their own, which is fabulous. They are also doing an AI um, kind of a mini summer camp in September. So they, they have a lot of knowledge. They're really, really well connected. So we're going to physically go to their base. And then, yeah. So every morning we've got workshops, panels, different discussions. And then every afternoon, we're actually going to be visiting a different place locally. So one day is a national park. Another day is, um, I'm going to say, water, <laughs> a beach or <laughs> otherwise. Um, there's a lot of surfing and stand-up paddling and things like that available also if anyone wants ends up going down to dingle which hopefully our, our event will bring us to in that direction um dingle's got these boats that take people out they call them sea safaris and you can see a ton of dolphins and seals and puffins etc like uh, recently they had some whales and whatnot yeah the, the wildlife is incredible actually yeah um but during the event afternoons will be spent doing a bit of exploring mixed with networking, bonding, and kind of team activities. And then evening socials, Irish style. <laughs> so a chance to connect in a very informal Maybe a manner. trad session or two. Exactly. Definitely. We've got at least one evening planned, which is very much all about the Irish culture, music, dancing, and stuff. Uh, but there may be more, more than that. And then a kind of a bit more general international vibe as well. Um, so there's a lot to it. And then speakers, they, it's it's a pretty broad range in terms of who's speaking at it. We've got actually Dean Kutchell, this, this, I'm sure this name rings a bell um, in the nomad world. Um, he's called by quite a few, the king of nomads. And ironically, or coincidentally, or maybe not at all, maybe it's how, you know, Maybe this was written in the stars, <laughs> who knows? But Kerry is actually, the county Kerry's in Ireland is called as the kingdom of Ireland because it's uh, just, just majestic and beautiful. So I'm bringing the king of nomads to the kingdom of Ireland as it happens. <laughs> I just thought that sounded really great. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Dean is one of the speakers. There are other speakers that will talk about how to get a remote job, the different approaches and um, things to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? 
how to how to basically improve the LinkedIn profile to optimize to to be seen by the right employers. Um, you know what what do employers look for? How to kind of deal with the interview? Where to find these types of jobs? And not just any remote, but like some of the roles that are remote from anywhere. Um, because they do exist, they do exist, and I know you're in the, in the remote world yourself, and you know that they are. That these things are possible. Um, and then we have individuals teaching and coaching on very, very specific things: how to set up a business funnel that does the work for you, so you don't have to work, you know, do all the kind of things manually all the time. There's a lot of automation and systems that can be set up so that we can, you know, take our time back, whether it's to spend it with friends or family or go and explore a place. All these things are possible in the world of tech and experts that can teach about these will be there. Uh, mindset coach, who's actually more than one, they will look at how to help from a sort of a managing emotions and mindset perspective. And um, who else? There's a ton, ton of people, Irish and international. Experts at content creation and Irish influencers going to also take over the social media pages for the whole event. And she'll be interviewing everybody and they'll all be shared on multiple pages and, as well. I just had an, a couple of interviews on the uh, one, two radio stations in Ireland this week. And there's a few other things coming up. So I don't know. Do you want me to keep? Because I can keep wow. talking about this one. <laughs> I, know, I bet you can. Yeah, I mean, the Irish, ha- the Irish have the gift of the gab. You know, I could, uh, I could probably just walk away and let you, let you continue for an hour, show back up. Uh, no, but that, what I love is how you're so passionate about it. I mean, it's like it, this is your, this is your baby, and it, and it connects to everything that your, your life touches, which is, um, which is so cool to see. Like, I love, I love seeing people just like create these things from a passion project that touches a lot of different people's lives. So. Um, I can see that. I wish the audience could see your your face as you're as you're talking about it. But um, <laughs> it's uh, it sounds awesome. I think it's going to be really great for those interested in uh, Dean, uh, the King of Nomads that uh, Danny mentioned before. He's a previous guest on the podcast as well, so we can uh, we can link to his uh, episode in the show notes if you're interested in um, getting to know him a little bit better. And uh, as I mentioned before, we'll also have the link to the um, to the website of the event itself in the show notes. So you can go sign up, learn more. Um, but I think it sounds fantastic. I wish I could be there. I know it's going to be a lot of fun. And, um, so I'm wishing you a lot of luck with it. And I hope that, uh, I hope that things go as well as they seem they will. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I can add just that there are a lot of groups and individuals and organizations getting involved and more and more, are reaching out to see how they can be a part of the event because they can see that um, they can see what it's about. They understand the potential, they understand the value, and that I'm also excited about because that's a huge piece of the whole puzzle um, to together kind of drive things forward. Whether it's the local governing bodies, which are now involved as well, whether it's um, also the, the Tourism Board of Ireland involved, the Fulch Ireland, and a few other groups, which I won't know just yet, a name just yet, because I'm not sure if they're ready for me to name them. <laughs> uh, lots of partners, lots of different partners. So it's exciting. It's going to be an event that definitely allow a lot of networking and a lot of learning. And then, like you said, fun, because... Well, for me, also with my teaching background, learning is most effective when it's fun. So there has to be fun in there. There has to be. So 
It's Danny style. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be you got to you got to be feeling like you're product using your time in a productive manner. Like this is bettering me. This is advancing my career, my life, or in some way. But then also like mixed in there, it's got to be some just laid back social time, get to know people on a personal level. Um, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that a lot of us in the nomad or remote space are really craving is just more opportunity to connect with people on a deeper level. And and that makes the event in a lot of ways. It's why you attend in person instead of virtually. And I'll, and I'll hear, you know, I don't know if you hear this, but like people, <laughs> it's funny. I actually coming home from running remote, um, I left from Lisbon and had to fly back to the U S and, um, I got like deep, like hardcore interrogated by customs, um, going back into the U S and they were like, uh, like, well, like this is in my second or third round of interviews with customs. Like they were really not like believing my story and they're, and I said, yeah, I'm coming back from this remote, uh, running remote conference. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's a conference about remote work. And the guy looked at me and he's like, that, that sounds like it should be done remotely. And I was like, that's a fair point, but I swear to God, I was there. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so anyway, but the, the point is, um, I got through by the way, uh, they, they did eventually let me go, but it was a little bit weird. Um, but anyway, uh, the point is, is like, people will say that they'll say like, Oh, well, you know, you're all about remote work. Like, why should you be physically flying to attend these conferences? And there's a big difference between, being forced to walk into a office building every day to do a job that you could do from anywhere and sit under fluorescent lighting and be crammed in around people that you don't care to be around um, and have to live in a city that you don't want to live in uh, 50 weeks out of the year, as opposed to once, twice, three, four or five times a year, going to a very desirable place, meeting up with people that you really want to be around and talking about subjects that are really interesting to you. And, and so that argument is kind of like null and void to me, but I hear it all the time. And that's why you go to these things. I mean, yeah, you could probably get a lot of the education aspect online, but it's enhanced by the relationships you build and the, and the in-person dynamic that you get and the um, serendipitous conversations that, that emerge. And so there's just so much to it. And, and so when someone says that to you, why are you going to go to a nomad conference in person? Uh, for me, that's the answer. <laughs> For me, it's like pretty obvious. So I'm like, really, you have to even ask? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you say. Don't talk to the customs officer in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the idea of like having the the option to, work, and I know not every single industry has the option to fully go remote, which is fair enough. But at least having the option to, or flexibility to do some things, at even sometimes, means that. Let's say if someone's in a you know has a family and little kids, well they don't have time to always bring their kids to school and get to work on time, or it it you know challenges them in many other ways where they get less sleep and it's it's causing more stress, which is not good for our health. But when they don't have to do that and they can maybe bring the kids to work and then log in and work from home, saving like one or two or three hours a day of just you know commuting or whatnot, it just means that. If they're happier, they they can do more of what they need to do in their own personal lives and the work still gets done. Like sometimes I'm like, do you need to give someone eight hours or two, three, five, four hours to finish a task? Does it really matter if it gets done and it's done well? 
so it's not even necessarily about the amount of hours, but the amount of quality focus and how productive, like someone can give me a week to do 10 projects. And if I'm really productive, maybe I can do it all in one day. Or it might take me 10 weeks if I'm not productive and if my energy level is off or if I'm stressed about something else. So like to me, it's very important that those elements are looked at and considered and uh, we look at our, af look after our own well-being and we can contribute more. So the remote, and I know you agree with a lot of this because, you know, you, you also work remotely. So when we get to do things in our own way at our own time in our, you know, a kind of flexible schedule or flexible location, when we're finished with that, we can then give more to, of course, social connections is hugely important as humans. We're not, we're social animals. Um, but when there's that kind of pressure and obligation element removed, work gets done because we're not, we're not, we don't live, we're not on this, in this world to work all the time. Like we work to live, we don't live to work. So <laughs> at least I'd like to think that that's the direction we should be going in more. I know society's changed over over time, but um, when the events are on, it's to really kind of grow that connection and the community exists, but when, what we have to do gets done in a more pleasant way. And then outside of that, we can just enjoy the social element. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so much to yeah, it. no, so we're, much. we're speaking the same language for sure, um, and I I think that that social element is is so crucial in this whole thing. And and you hear a lot of people say that you know like, oh well, remote work is lonely. The nomad life is lonely. You know, you just end up with these superficial relationships, or you end up alone in your bedroom. Um, and what I've found is like that that certainly can be true like that's the worst form of all of this and that exists um and, and you know unfortunately a lot of people got their first taste of remote work uh during the pandemic during uh what we call like pandemic remote which is a pretty bad experience for most people but um the worst of something doesn't have to be the the baseline norm either and so i think that's important for people to remember um and and that generally we tend to fill that social void that's left at the office or whatever, what have you with, um, with a lot of things. And that can be deeper relationships with your family and friends or more time with your kids or, um, you know, community service or group fitness classes or whatever. We, we end up finding a way to social life if you're, uh, if you're given the opportunity to do so. Um, so anyway, I'll get off my, off my soapbox there, but <laughs> that's my, uh, my take and it sounds like we agree. It's true. And also, like you say, sometimes people, there, there's these concerns or real life experiences of loneliness. Yes, definitely. What I found also with, with that is that what's helped me is learning, changing some of my own habits or like practicing self-discipline, <laughs> finding ways to cut out distractions and then, you know, having focused work time as opposed to just okay, this is our, an eight-hour shift during which I have to get stuff done. I may or may not get through it. Um, having very, very focused time, that helps to actually get it done in like probably less than eight hours anyway. Um, but I think what's helped, like for me, because during the pandemic, I didn't really experience the challenges that many other people experienced because I had already learned how to do it. So it was easy to manage my time. It was easy to make time to socialize and plan it into my schedule. It was like, yeah, I have not spoken to a person in real life all day today. Therefore, now I must go and interact with people because, you know, it's it's good for our mental health. Like it's, 
I think it should be necessary. So I don't fall into the, um, what's the word? Like I don't have the, the issue of just spending days and days at a time, just me, myself and my laptop or my phone or like looking at a screen. I'm very aware of the fact that, uh, you know, I can do it in a better way, a more balanced way. And this is why I think also coming to events like this is important for those who are still not fully managing some of those elements is like, well, we can all learn from each other. Like I maybe learn some of those things from someone, someone else can learn from me or from, from someone else, that there are ways to manage our time better, to, you know, to fit in the social elements so that the remote doesn't go against us, but it actually works for us. So we get to be in control. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. People helping people in, uh, in amazing locations. It's a, it's a good thing. <laughs> I'm in favor of it. And, um, again, like I, yeah, I wish you lots of luck with the, uh, with the event. I love what you're doing. I'm, I'm loving following along and, uh, I think there's a lot more still to come here. So it's going to be exciting to, to see where everything goes. Um, where else can people follow along, connect with you, uh, any other links that you want to make sure we place in the show notes? Let's let's mention those here. And then obviously they'll be there for a quick click for anybody listening. Yeah. So um, Nomad Era, Nomad, N-O-M-A-D, A-R-I-E-I-R-E. Um, that's the basically the handle on pretty much all social media. So um, whether people could just go onto the website, which is nomadera.com or Instagram, Nomadera, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, we're all on, all on all of those. So even if you just Google the word Nomadera, all of our pages will come up. <laughs> so you can't miss us. <laughs> Easy enough. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, well, well, thank you, Danny. I really appreciate it. It was good to, uh, good to get to know you better um, beyond the, the quick chats at the conferences. This was, this was fun to carve out some time and learn more about your story and, and everything that you're doing. And um, I'm sure the audience enjoyed it as well. So, so thank you and, and let's keep in touch. And I hope thank to you. see you on the Emerald Isle before too long. Oh, I hope so too. And then perhaps potentially you might join for the Nomad Trail next year. Hint, hint. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, wait. Ooh, what's the, what's the nomad trail before we sign off real quick? Give us a teaser. <laughs> it's a total teaser. Yeah, I know. Um, so nomad trail is another project I'm involved in that has kicked off this year and we're, we have a pilot running in the next, in a, a couple of weeks time. And then next year it, the full, uh, version will kick off. Nomad trail is a new company slash project that has been started, um, God, I could talk about this for ages because we actually set up the business in Bansko. A group of entrepreneurs, uh, like-minded individuals sat together. We had a couple of meetings, a couple of discussions and brainstorms. And we sat down for lunch one day. Four or five hours later, we had the whole thing set up. We had a website ready. We had the logo designed. We went and printed off T-shirts. We had all the social media. We, we pretty much had the product, the concept, the price and the branding ready to go. And then we managed to by some pure chance, I don't know how, but uh, managed to fit in a last minute on-conference slot at the Bansko event. And we went to present full-on geared up, showed up seven of us to um, present the concept. And then we did a bit of market research. We already have a lot of people that registered um, and are on the wait list that are interested in joining the project and want to participate next year and so on. So the idea is that they would be a nomad journey starting in Ireland uh next year for a few months traveling from ireland overland travel only so we are aiming to avoid 
and limit plane travel because we want it to be done in a more environmentally friendly and sustainable way. However, in groups of nomads together who can work remotely as they move, staying at different nomadic hubs en route. So the idea is that there would be one trail to start with, starting in Ireland and going down across Europe to South Europe, uh, finishing in either the Balkans or Turkey, and then um, the, to grow it to multiple other trails globally. However, that'll take a while to kind of build. But the first one is starting next year. And part of what I'll be doing in Ireland will be also related to setting up everything for, with, you know, linking with the trail as well. So people can come here, stay here, be part of the hub, participate and whatnot. And then we send them off to, to cross Europe together. <laughs> Each it's time, like a staying Camino at places. de Santiago, but uh, yeah. for, for nomads yes. across Europe. I love it. <laughs> exactly. But where the, the, I suppose the key piece is staying at uh, places that have facilities that are needed for someone who's nomadic and works online uh, or remotely, that they have good Wi-Fi uh, options and spaces to work. So it'll be in small groups where they can, as a group, still go off and do their work, do their business, and then come together, socialize, go out, do activities, and then move together. So it's safer, there's a community uh, feel to it, fun. And then along the way, we have community managers responsible for the group as they go, who'll take care of them and help along with whatever you know they need. So it's a huge project. <laughs> Oh, that sounds super exciting. Well, I'm glad you mentioned it. It wasn't, it definitely wasn't the, uh, what I thought I was going to learn today, but that's why we have these conversations because um, that sounds completely epic. Um, what's the URL that people should go to to learn more about that? We'll also drop that in the show notes. Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> I, it's nomad-trail. Uh, I'm just double checking because I should remember it. Nomad Dash Trail. Well, we'll, get, we'll grab it from you and drop it in there so people will have it. Yeah, nomadtrail.com. Okay, cool. So if people are interested um, in that one, they can they can join the wait list. They can join. Um, there's a Facebook group. There is Serena, who's one of the uh, representatives. She's going to be leading. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention this as well. She's going to be leading a group who are in Bansko at the moment. So after the Bansko Nomad Fest traveling, overland to the Swiss Nomad Fest, which is happening um, on starting at 21st of August. And then some of the people from the Swiss Nomad Fest are going to travel to Ireland to the Irish Nomad Fest or our digital nomad conference. So it, essentially we have the whole trail coming from Bansko all the way to Ireland. <laughs> um, but yeah, Serena's leading the route to Switzerland and then from Switzerland, someone else is coming here and they're gonna read, lead a mini trail here in Ireland as well. <laughs> oh, overland from uh from ireland to switzerland sounds like my kind of jam um i'm uh I, i'm all about it that is so cool well yeah there's uh there's a lot to look forward to i don't i don't know when you find time to sleep but um i wish you luck with that as well <laughs> stop. i do my best well i also like i do my work during the day i sometimes work until late because there's a lot of this that's still being put together but then i switch off with latin music and i go and dance and then i'm like that's my my like therapeutic yeah and then it re-energizes me and i'm back in action what a wonderful again. way to end the day <laughs> yeah so if anyone's interested in the nomad trail as well they can follow uh, they can check out the page but also um probably one of the founders will join me um at the dublin uh, not the dublin the irish um event in tralee and we'll talk more about the project we'll talk more about the ways of getting involved if people want to get involved in different ways even along the route if there are businesses that want to participate and 
co-livings along the way, etc. So there are so many options and opportunities for others to get involved as well and learn about how this crazy bunch of nomads set up a business in one day and how it's possible for anyone, you know, just with the right mindset, surrounded by the right people. Opportunities are endless. So this is why you hire nomads. Uh, look what they can do. Very, very, uh, you know, a lot of ingenuity there. So, um, uh, all right, Danny, I kept you longer than I said I would. So I, uh, I appreciate it. And thank you so much for, for your time. Um, we have a lot more we could have gotten into here, but, uh, this was, this was a lot of fun. So I appreciate it and, uh, look forward to seeing you again. Yeah, we will. All right. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, Thanks, Chase. Bye bye. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. For those of you wondering how you can best support the show, I have made it super simple for you. Just go over to the show notes of the episode that you just finished listening to and click on one of the two following links aboutabroad.com slash newsletter to get our monthly newsletter, no spam, guaranteed, or ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, where you can quickly and easily leave a review for the show. It's not just important to me, it also helps more wanderers just like you find us. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, and we will see you again next week. Thanks again. Hasta luego, amigos.